Marcus, welcome to the Building and Growing podcast. We're delighted to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Lucas. It's an absolute pleasure. You're most welcome. So Marcus is a co-founder of Bond, um, which we're going to dive into later on in the podcast. But why don't we kick off with a quick intro to yourself? Okay, great. So a bit about myself. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Bond. Um, previous to this, I have to say I've had an entrepreneurial spirit from the very beginning. Yes. Founding companies, startups, some moderate successfully ones some failures as you do as an entrepreneur, but it's yeah. led me here to Bond and here we are. Fantastic, look, I mean, the VCs always prefer founders who have <laughs> failed before because you know, you learn from your, your failures um, mm. and you know, end up being more successful. Mm, absolutely, I, I think entrepreneurship is a lifelong journey. You're always learning, even today I am. Indeed, indeed. What was uh, you know, your favorite sort of start off of the past whether it was a failure or a success i think my favorite and funniest one was uh one when i was very young yes um i must have been 18 19 and um we started a pallet garden furniture business right. which is a far away world from the technology space i'm in now yeah but yeah. we were driving around picking up old pallets from the streets and yes. smashing nails together to build garden furniture. Shivers. But even from that, it, it taught me so much about sales, so much about business, so much about people. Yes. And most importantly, I think persistence. Indeed. And I've carried that over from my education into my career and now yes. at Bond. Yeah, fantastic. And look, I think persistency is a real key trait. Um, it, you know, it ties in with one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits, you know, mm -hmm. if you can just persistently do a little bit improve a little bit those percentages all mm. accumulate to you know be a, a, a huge significant change in the long run absolutely i totally agree how did how did you come to found a bond hmm. this is a interesting story actually i was working in an adjacent space yes. in fintech um and one of my close friends Peter, who's an early employee at Revolut, yes. and another close friend of mine, Stefan, who was working corporate financial software. Mm. Um, we were discussing, chatting one night, and uh, Pete was talking about the problems EMIs were having finding yield on um, client money, and mm -hmm. they had basically none from third-party banks, which I'm sure we can get into why that is. Yes, And it was just like a light bulb moment where yeah. we realized, hold on, there's a solution here that we can build, both on the financial side and on the technology side. Mm -hmm. And we just set about doing it. And uh, ever since then, it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, it's gone really well so far. Indeed, indeed. So um, uh, you co-founded it with Stefan, is that right? I co-founded it with Stefan and Peter. And Peter, excellent. Yeah, fantastic. And I know Peter from uh, Revolut days, <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely lovely fellow. Mm. Um, um, so. For those in the audience who might not be familiar, let's say, with yield, um, are you able to dive into the problem a little bit um, uh, and just provide them with a sort of 101 uh, into it? Yeah, I think we'll separate it in two use cases. We'll talk about the the digital banks, the payment processes, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Um, they are subject to regulations. That means they have to safeguard your money and my money when we deposit it. Yes. Um, they can either store that at a bank, mm -hmm. earning zero to low yield, yes, or they can invest it 
authority in HQLA, high quality liquid assets. Yes. Essentially what bond is, is an overnight deposit facility, which is qualifying as a high quality liquid asset. Okay. Um, getting into the technicals of that. Mm. So our team and our partners and we trade uh, sovereign debt, very short term sovereign debt and reverse yes. repos. Okay. Um, and this enables us to produce an overnight deposit facility that can act as a proxy for a central banking overnight deposit facility. Okay, fantastic. What's the current overnight repo rate? So at Bond, we offer about 406 basis points on sterling. Wow. Um, around about 250 on euro. Yes. Um, and it can get to 480, I think at the moment on USD. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's tracking the risk-free rates. Yes. And we can get closer, it's sometimes higher. Wow. Um, and it's a really special product for these EMIs and these payment processes. Yes. Digital banks. Indeed, indeed. I, I mean, how much would they normally get? Normally, they would get zero to very low, between 1%. Wow. Um, the reasons for that are mainly due to the liquidity profile of the deposits for the banks, yes. their ring fence funds. It doesn't fit into a banking business model. Yeah. Uh, to accept these deposits because they can't do maturity transformation, for example, with it. Mm -hmm. um, where Bond comes in is we offer an overnight deposit facility that's outside of the banking system and we yes. can pass on all of that yield. But most importantly, better security and very good liquidity, which is same day and if not overnight. Wow, wow, fantastic. And so you mentioned that there were a couple of um, customer segments um, mm. that you have. You mentioned um, digital banks, payment processes. Mm. Are they your main customer types or are there others? We see an 80-20 split mm. at the moment. But our product is also very good for corporates. And we see a lot of VC-backed companies coming to us wanting mm. to use our products, our facilities, to store their excess cash. Yes. Um, with recent movements in the market, Silicon Valley Bank, this has been emphasized and luckily we've been there to service these guys. Indeed, indeed, incredible. And I mean, look, when when was it that you guys launched? We've been launched now three months. Three months. And we've grown yeah. pretty fast. And it's sort of, the timing was great and timing is important in life and in business. Yeah, indeed. I mean, look, three months and then, you know, Silicon Valley <laughs> happened right mm. away. And uh, uh, yeah, that allowed you to grow the deposit significantly, mm. which is which is fantastic timing. Also good that, you know, um, the government guaranteed all of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank, um, but yeah. uh, a win for everyone. First thing to say is is that it's, it's never good when something happens like Silicon Valley Bank. And yes. it's good that everyone got whole that's the most important thing Indeed. we're not here to um you know look down on on anyone or or talk bad of anyone we are focused on our product yes. our market our clients and we're serving them the best we can yes and uh we're controlling the controllables what do you do in order to uh, minimize risk so the underlying products um contain very short-term duration sovereign debt Yes. And reverse repos, as I said. Um, that reduces liquidity risk as well as credit risk. Everything in the underlying is AAA credit rated. Okay. So we're removing bank risk and you hold very little credit risk as it's sovereign credit risk. Yes. And for those in the audience that may not know about sovereign um, uh, credit, for example, are you able to provide us with a quick definition there? Um, Essentially, it works like this, is that when you 
deposit into a bank, uh, you're taking bank risk. If that bank goes bust, everything above the deposit insurance can be um, lost, essentially. Yes. Uh, a way to mitigate this is by buying sovereign debt, because mm -hmm. if the government goes bust, we have much bigger problems. So it's Indeed. the highest rated quality of uh, debt and way to store your money. Is sovereign debt something that has previously been available to say digital banks, payment processes and corporates, or are you democratizing access to that, those financial products? Mm. With our clients, especially digital banks and payment processes, is they require a certain setup and a flow of funds mm. that doesn't go via a broker, for example. Yes. Um, for them to get access to these products directly, they would normally have to onboard with an asset manager directly. And okay. a lot of these asset managers won't onboard them yes. for various reasons, um, high minimums and just the profile of the clients. Yeah. So usually these products that we are bringing to the market yes. are reserved for sovereign wealth funds and pension funds. Okay, fantastic. And I think that's a, a, a real interesting point when it comes to sort of the onboarding process. It can be, you know, rather cumbersome and mm. you know, you need to demonstrate a lot of um, you know, different due diligence pieces um, and the, the, the minimum uh, uh, buy-in um, is also an interesting piece. I remember when Revolut launched um, uh, commission-free trading mm. um, with a minimum spend of $1. Mm. Um, it, it led to, I think, 25% of the trades in the first sort of week being from people who had never traded before. Mm. So it would be interesting, you know, to see a breakdown of actually, you know, how many of these, let's say, corporates, you know, have never held a similar financial product before. Mm. And that's with the timing. It's now it's to the forefront of all these CFOs and founders' minds. Mm. Um, so we really provide an easy-to-use platform as well as providing financial engineering and innovation to yes. bring it to them. Yeah. And uh, one of the principles of our product is that you can throw 10 pounds in as well as 100 million, and we see ranges, but we want our clients to get comfortable yes. with what it is. We want them to know first it's safety, then it's liquidity, then it's yield. We're not selling yield, we're selling safety and liquidity. Yes. And a part of that is building trust, and building trust is saying, hey, listen, Try it out with 10 pounds. Yes. It works. We know it works. See? And we're so confident that our product is good that they will follow it up with more and more deposits. Yes, indeed. And I, I think trust is something which is very, very important. Um, and uh, yield is as well, particularly in such a high inflationary environment. I know Vodafone wrote to me the other day saying they were increasing my bill by 14% or something, mm. which is, you know, for developed markets in particular hugely uh, uh, expensive. Yeah, it's hard times for everyone out there, especially in business. Yes. So for the digital banks, the payment processors, as well as these corporates, they need bond and bond is here to serve them. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. So um, we, we've discussed, uh, you know, the typical clients that you've got. We've discussed the, the real key use cases um, uh, and why some of these financial products weren't accessible previously um, uh, to those clients. Um, what plans does Bond have for 2023 as it continues to grow? Indeed, it's still in its infancy at the moment. Mm. Yeah, we have a lot planned for 2023. Um, a lot on the roadmap. Some of that includes launching our own 
underlying financial products with the overnight deposit facility. Yes. Um, we're partnering with some good partners um, strategically to bring this to market. Yes. And launch it in other currencies, which is very important in today's world where it's global first. Um, a lot of our clients have multi-currency um, offerings and we yes. want to deliver it to them in all those currencies. We're also planning an expansion into Europe mm-hmm. um, because we really see this problem as a global problem. We yes. see electronic money growing rapidly all over the world. Yeah. And there's not a solution out there. And we see an opportunity everywhere. So we're trying to grow and scale fast into these markets and focus on serving our customer everywhere. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, I think the currency market is uh, uh, one of the most, let's say, open markets. Um, uh, you know, there's always always some market which is uh, trading. Um, there are always companies that need to, you know, buy currency or, or put in a forward. Um, and, uh, you know, it's certainly from my experience of living overseas, it seems to normally just be, you know, USD, Euro, pounds, um, that everything is priced in and everything is available. So the fact that you can offer more exotic currencies um, in the future uh, will be very appealing to many businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And for us, it's it's real principle of who we are and what we do at Bond. And, you know, I had an international education, my co-founders as well. Yes. And we see the world in its entirety. And when we see a problem, we think about it globally globally and yeah. we really want to serve our clients everywhere and anywhere i repeat that again it's just so important for us marcus tell us about the market that bond's serving so if we really narrow it down and become really focused and uh focus on our intention of what we're doing is we're building overnight deposit facilities for electronic money mm-hmm. which is essentially client money that sits in a digital bank or is being processed by a payment processor yes that market in Europe is 250 billion of issued e-money wow. just by EMIs. Yeah. So it's a very large market and it's a global market mm. as discussed. Um, so we really see a huge opportunity here to deliver a solution that solves a real problem. Yes, fantastic. And can you tell us about the corporate market? The corporate market is an interesting one and it's possibly a much larger one. Mm. Um, when we talk about corporate funds is that now treasury management is such a huge thing. People are looking for secure, liquid and high yielding products. Mm. Um, So we're really going after that market as well. And we see VC backed companies as well as mid market companies don't have to be VC backed They have excess cash that need a way to store that. And we're really trying to service a whole broad set of clients. Okay. And, And what sort of problems have EMIs and corporates in emerging markets faced relative to those in developed markets? Well, this is the interesting part is that when we've looked under the cover, looked under the bonnet, the problems are the same all mm. over the world. And yes. when you're looking at from a business point of view, this is quite good because you know you have, if it works in this market, it will work in that market. Indeed. There's always nuances. There's always things to understand and learn on the way. Yes. But at the core, if you can solve this really big problem, with your solution, yes, you can scale it. Indeed. And the problems are the same. They, they don't get yield on client cash. Yes. And we can do that in 
Brazil. We can do that in parts of Africa. We can do that in the Middle East. Yes. Um, we can do it all over the world. And yeah. we're hoping to take it there. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Marcus, based upon your work at Bond and the previous startups and businesses that you founded, what would the key takeaways um, uh, that you'd give to other founders be? Hmm. I think be passionate and be obsessive. Yes. And when I say obsess, I mean obsess over the details, obsess over the customer, obsess over the processes. Yes. And really as a founder, roll your sleeves up and get involved and show everyone what to do and set the standard. Yes. And um, we have a saying in Bond, uh, be a gladiator, not an emperor. <laughs> and what we mean by that is do, don't talk. Don't tell someone what to do. Yes. Really roll your sleeves up and get into it and get stuck in. And thankfully, everyone at Bond, everyone in the company shares that ethos and nobody comes in if they don't. There's no one above anyone. Yes. We have a flat company structure and everyone speaks up and gets involved. Fantastic. And ha how many of you are there at Bond at the minute? Now there's seven of us. Wow, far uh, out. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've grown a little bit. Mm. We're hoping to grow some more. But uh, we're very particular about who we bring on board because we have a shared ethos and principle mm. and we are not going to waver from that. Yes. Yeah, that's super important because as you, as you scale, if there are differences in, let's say, or if there, are, if there is non-alignment, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it will compound uh, more and more and the problems will get bigger and bigger. Well, this is the thing is that we're going into a market with some big players mm. and a big market to go at and uh, some large incumbents. We've got to use our strengths and one of those strengths is being a startup, yes. being small, being nimble, having a very focused and uh, hardworking uh, culture and ethos, which we do have. So yes. we're very much turning everything we have and pushing it forward and making it work for us. Indeed, indeed. Look, very wise words. I think, you know, if you can if you can give, if you can solve problems for people, it will all come back to you. That's the game we're in, solving problems. That's it. <laughs> Excellent. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, Lucas. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're most welcome. We look forward to watching uh, Bond's uh, uh, infancy grow. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping I'll be back soon and we can discuss about all the regions that we've scaled into. Indeed, indeed. Thanks so much, Marcus. Thank you, Lucas.